Welcome to Highlawn Baptist Church in St. Albans, West Virginia, where our mission is to know Christ and to make Christ known. For more information, visit us online at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. We're so glad you've decided to join us, and now we invite you to grab your Bible, if you're able, as we pray that you will be blessed by the preaching of the truth of God's Word today. The past few Sundays, we've been looking through Ephesians, talking about the ministry, the purpose, and the function of the local church. The church is an interesting mystery. Paul actually describes it as a mystery that was hidden uh, from the time of the beginning, only revealed through the New Testament. That it is a bringing together, a joining. The word ecclesia, the original word for church, actually means the called out ones. Not a business. Not an organization in that sense, but a family. A family called under Christ for the sake of supporting each other, teaching each other, working together, but not regarding each other as laborers so much as each other as brothers and sisters. We're traveling together, held by His love for us and our affection towards each other. And we're going to be studying a bit about that today as we consider the church being a place to belong. If you would... Go ahead and take out your copy of God's Word with me and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I was about to say, when you get there, say amen. amen. As we read together, we hear this compelling <laughs> challenge. Follow whose example? God's example. Be holy as... I am holy. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. That's the agape, self-sacrificing love of God. Just as Christ loved, up, uh, loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice unto God. But among you there must be not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity, or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. So you're supposed to be somebody different. You function within the world, but you are not of this world. You, are, you, you look like everybody else, but you have been changed. Our conduct, conversation, and character, the very person that we are at our core, that comes out in everything that we do and everything that we say, is to be different than the rest of this world. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather what? Thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no, no immortal, impure, greedy person, such person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. No one who's more focused on themselves than their commitment to the Eternal One can enter into. Why? Because they've never repented in the first place. 
the regenerate act which is predicated upon repentance, the turning away of the self to the focus on the eternal, that is what is required. There is no such thing as cheap grace. It does have a price. Christ paid it. And we have to accept it. And that requires repentance. Let no one deceive you with empty words, Paul continues. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, but do not be partakers with them or pertainers with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Please underline that copy, uh, underline that phrase in your copy of God's Word. Before you make a decision, especially a life-altering, life-changing, life-commitment, find out what the will of God is for your life, both as a church and as an individual. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, call it out. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything, is expo- everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Before we were in Christ, we were spiritually what? We were spiritually... More caffeine in the mornings. We were spiritually dead. But we are made alive in Christ. Wake up, sleeper. Because in Christ, once we have that regenerate nature, you become a light yourself. If you repent, if you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, then your conduct, conversation, and your character helps to expose the truth of who God is before others, helps to expose the difference between right and wrong in a society that doesn't know any better, helps to expose the difference between human reason and godly wisdom. So you, being a Christian, have the function in this world of reflecting God's light back on a world that wants to live in darkness. That's the purpose of the church. To go into this world and share the light. To convict those who don't know the difference between the left and the right, spiritually speaking. To be willing and able to give them an account of the joy that you have through Christ Jesus to live a life that makes a difference, to build relationships with those who don't know Christ, and then to expose them to Christ. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. How many of you count your days like we're commanded to in Scripture? How many of you plan and seize the opportunities that come about. It's not against God's will that you plan, but it's in God's will that you be flexible. For when He puts those in our lives that we need to minister to, to help those that are in darkness that need the light that you can reflect in them, you have to take advantage of those opportunities because the days are evil. The moments are fleeting. Everything is... is time passes by. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. 
speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. There's also the challenge in other writings to esteem others as greater than yourselves. Those of you that want to be first must make yourselves last. Those of you who would be great in the kingdom of God must be the least here. You cannot be proud. You cannot have selfish uh, aspirations for yourself. Everything must be devoted to Him. But in that, there comes a peculiar kind of unity. Now, what do I mean by that? If as the local church, we do indeed submit ourselves to one another, if we count others as greater, if we stop and listen, if we offer each other a, a, a piece of our hearts instead of a piece of our minds. If we can cool our heads and warm our hearts, then we can be a church. If we can treat each other like true brothers and sisters through His example, then we can be a church. If we see each other as job functions, as objects, that's when things fall apart. Folks, there is nothing sacred about this building except the one to whom it belongs. There is nothing sacred about these pews, about this pulpit, except the fact of the person that owns them. Hear me for a second. The church is not the structure. It is a blessing of God that we do seek to take care of that means a lot to us. But this is not what is holy. God is holy. The people of God are being made holy. This building is a temporary thing. It is a gift. It is a blessing. I'm not discounting that but it is only sanctified because Christ Himself is its possessor. And we take care of it. We seek to do the work to make it a safe place to worship because we have reverence to Him who it belongs. But the true nature of the church is not the upkeep of a building. It is the spiritual welfare and health of the people of God. This first. Remember what we preached about just a little bit ago. Preserve the spirit of unity and the bonds of peace. You are sacred to God. You are, rather, His children, beloved by Him. This is what is of prime importance when we consider the matters of the church, the people of God and their welfare. So as we come together as the family of God, we seek His will together according to this scripture that we've just read. Our purpose is to seek His will together, to expose sin for what it is, to train others in righteousness, to live model lives before this world, to encourage and strengthen one another as disciples, and to perfect the love that we have together.
to make sure and to develop that agape, self-sacrificing love. Husbands will love your wives just as Christ loved the church for which he gave his life. That's a tough challenge. That's a hard challenge. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, husbands, to see how many of you would willingly lay down your life for your spouses. But I'm hoping that through the course of our work together, as we move from worshiping to studying God's Word, to doing the work of the ministry in both missions work and evangelism, that through that process, that the love that we possess both for each other and for God is molded and shaped into something that resembles the same love that Christ has for each and every one of us. So that if the opportunity were to to arise, we would experience that same agape love. I hope, I pray that we never are in a position where we have to literally lay down our lives for each other. But we should have the intention, we should have that degree of love for one another. Does that make sense? That's what identifies the purity of the agape love that Christ is talking about here. How committed are you to God versus your comforts, versus your income, versus yourselves? And how committed are you to each other as brothers and sisters versus your income? Versus your comfort. Versus yourself. That is what we have to perfect. That's the nature of discipleship. So the first thing that we have to do is draw the line in the sand. Human nature. What Paul is calling us to rebel against. To be counter to. Human nature, the Bible tells us, is is stuck in darkness. It loves the darkness. It wants to hide what it really is because it realizes that it's corrupt. It realizes that it is reprobate. It realizes just how far gone it truly is. So it seeks the darkness. It is centered only upon the self. The foundational sin is pride. Everything that, try, that seeks to worship the self at the, at the expense of our love of God. It hates the light because the light exposes sin for what it is. Therefore, the world hates the church. If you don't get this by now, write it down in your notes. The world hates the church. All you have to do is turn on the news anymore to figure out just exactly how badly this society is growing to hate us. Are we prepared for it? Do we remember the times when Christians literally had to meet in sewers in order to share the love of God because an empire was seeking to destroy them? And we think because we took the 50s and the 60s that that can't possibly happen to us. I'm sure the Russian Orthodox Church thought the same thing before the rise of of the USSR. Or the Baptists in China thought the same thing before the rise of the communist state there. The church stands in contrast to injustice. The church stands for the difference between right and wrong. The church stands for a Christ-like love and the world hates it. And it's going to turn on it. We need to keep doing our jobs. Human nature tries to evangelize for the darkness by attacking the church. And human nature is only comfortable in the presence of other sinful people. That's why it's trying to put pressure on us 
to look just like the rest of the culture, to act just like the rest of the culture. It doesn't just want us to tolerate it. It wants us to get in on it. And I'll warn you about this, the, uh, the denominations right now that are claiming the status of mainline because they're hemorrhaging members, I believe, and this is Robin's theology, so take it for what it's worth, for two reasons. Number one, they have ceased to be relevant to this world. And number two, most importantly, because they are not challenging their people and the society that they live in, they are no longer relevant to the kingdom of God. What is the difference between right and wrong? Do we know it or are we willing to stand for it? This is the human, this is the regenerate nature, however. The regenerate nature, the nature that is with us thanks to the Holy Spirit, strives to be worthy of the light, strives to be worthy of the calling to which we have all been called wanting to be like Christ, hungering and thirsting after the things of righteousness. A regenerate nature is centered on Christ-likeness. This is our goal. This is what we desire, or this is what we should desire. It exposes sin and confronts it in love. Be always ready to give an account of the joy that is within you, but do so with all gentleness and respect. Again, giving a, a part of your heart instead of a piece of your mind. It tries to evangelize for the light, to bring others into the light so that they can reflect it as well as Paul taught us. It is comfortable only with other light bearers. It doesn't seek the darkness. But it loves the light. So again, as we talked about last week, there are three basic enemies that you want to consider. The world, meaning the society in which we live, the flesh, which is the the unregenerate nature, the old clothes that are trying to get us to put them back on, and of course the devil. And here are the traps. The times in our lives that we are most likely to succumb to a temptation of what we know is wrong. Please get this in your notes. When we're hungry, when we're angry, when we're afraid, meaning both when we are scared or when we're confronted by that which is different, that which is strange, that which is unusual, there's the old joke that uh, how many Baptists does it take to screw in a light bulb? The answer is none because they've had the same light bulb since the 50s. They don't like change. Change is scary. But change is also a time when the devil can work his way into your life. Times when we are ashamed. Times when we are lonely. Times when we are tired. These are the times that the old nature seeks to reassert itself. But the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and the people of God are the three tools that we have to combat the world, the flesh, and the devil. Write this down. The three tools that we have been given by God as a blessing from God to combat the enemies are the Word, the, the word of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and the people of God. Paul writes to us, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide you a what? A way out, a means of escape. There's a trap door there so that you can get away, get out of there and, and, and claim the victory that He's bought for you. So that you can endure it. A lot of people misquote this. To say that God will not lay on anything on you beyond what you can bear. That's not what the Word of God says. 
It says that you will not be tempted beyond that which you are able because God himself will strengthen you and will give you a way out. And I really wish that people would stop quoting that because it only sets them up for, for, a, for a stunted relationship with God and to be angry with God. But that's not what God says. In fact, sometimes in our lives, to get our attention, to bring us back to where we need to be, God does allow us to go to the end of our rope so that He can bring us back. So we can repent, so that we can realize our need for Him. But no matter how you are tempted, He will always provide the means to escape that temptation. We're also commanded to carry each other's what? Burdens, that's one of the blessings of the church. Sorrows are divided and joys are multiplied. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. The fellowship of the people of God is important. The gathering of yourselves together as families are important. Just as every regular family unit should at least get together for dinners together and share time together and have a time of fellowship together and encourage one another, build each other up, have good times, build memories, firm the traditions and the faith to which we have been called. Just as the family at home needs to spend time together, guess what of the family of God? Do not rebuke the gathering of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing, but all the more so as you see the day approaching. We need each other. So the traps, again, when you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're afraid, when you're ashamed, when you're lonely, when you're tired, but the tools God gives you, and you can actually apply them to all of them. When you're hungry, remember that you are given self-control through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the precious promises of God... Promises that say that, uh, that he doesn't let even a sparrow fall from the sky. How much more does he care for you? When you're angry, we have, we have self-control. We have the grace of God pouring out through us the ability to forgive as we have been forgiven. And mediation is part of the fellowship of believers. If there's somebody... Do not let the sun set on your anger. But we have people who are mature in the faith that can help to bridge the gap and help to restore connections because we are agents of reconciliation. I've preached on that several times. When we're afraid, the Bible tells us that we have not been given a spirit of fear. But you are strengthened by Him. The Holy Spirit and the fellowship of believers in tandem with each other are a constant reminder of the fact that you're not alone. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. For he who sits over Israel, who watches over Israel, meaning the people of God never slumbers nor sleeps. God always has his eye on you. You are never outside of his presence and he's always caring for you. We are never alone. No matter what this world tries to claim on us, we are never alone. The world will try to shame us. But as we've talked about several times, shame is a tool of the enemy. Shame causes us to, to feel depressed. Shame causes us to become paralyzed. God brings conviction, a conviction that compels us to do good works, a conviction that compels us to change, compels us to repentance, compels us to Christ-likeness. He also offers us wisdom through the counsels of both the Holy Spirit of God, the people of God, and the Word of God. 
And there's also times of confession where Paul tells us to confess ye one to another. Go together, counsel one another, because none of us are better than anybody else. The church is a perfect place for imperfect people because no one that's perfect can be in here except Christ. Confess ye one to another. Counsel together. Help one another strengthen and grow past whatever the whatever uh, would seek us to go into shame. When we're lonely, of course, there is the Holy Spirit of God and the fellowship of believers. When you're tired, the precious promises of God that tell us that we will find our rest in who? In Him. The fellowship of believers where we work together jointly, where we treat each other like neighbors, where we come together and share each other's burdens. And of course, there is the joy which passes all obstacles. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. How many of you know these precious promises by heart? Please, as you are going through God's Word together through the course of this year, take time to highlight the promises and draw strength to them. They are something... Remember, salvation is not just about the hereafter. It's also about the here and now. You are fully equipped to live a victorious life no matter what this world, this flesh, or this devil can harp on you. You have God's promises supplying all of your needs according to... His riches and glory right now. But if you don't know the balance on your account, you can't use your account. Every time that you come across a promise of God, underline it, highlight it, keep track of it, because guess what? You have access to that right now because you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven right now. The fruit of the Spirit, which is our supply, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is what? No law. As iron sharpens iron also, so one person sharpens another. You want to grow more and more Christ-like? Become part of the church. We need each other. We talked about how we are benefited by being part of the family of God. We've talked about what it takes to become a part of the family of God. Let's talk a little bit about our mission together. Because we're not just called out from something, we're also called out to something with a purpose. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is His body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswaveringly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, to purify the love that we've been given, to commit ourselves to the mission work that we have been called to do. Not giving up meeting yourselves together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more so as you see the day approaching. 
as you see the day of the Lord approaching, as you witness the great falling away of the faith, as you see the society in which we live turn against the things of God and to the ways of injustice, as you see the darkness encroaching, don't give up meeting. Don't become a fortress where people cower behind the pews. Don't stop doing the work of the ministry. Gather together. Draw strength from each other. Experience your fellowship together. So what is the church? The church is a place for imperfect people. But it's a place where we sharpen each other, more and more conforming to the image of Christ. The church is a place for weak people, but because... The Holy Spirit is indwelling within us, and because we have the power to carry one another's burdens, what do we do for each other? We strengthen one another. The church is a place for the tempted, because everybody gets tempted. In fact, if you don't think that you're being tempted, there's something wrong. But what does the church do for those of us undergoing temptation? We do what? We anchor each other to the Word of God and to the will of God. When we are persecuted, we protect each other. If we are under attack, we defend each other. The church cares for her own. And the church offers that hand to bring in others. Just as we ourselves were undeserving of the love of God. God loved us anyway. And God calls us to love others in return. For what we preach is not of ourselves, but of Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. In other words, the Holy Spirit is living right now inside your finite, feeble, and altogether too frustrating body. But he who is within you is greater, far greater, than he who is within the world. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. What Paul is effectively saying is this. No matter what this world brings, no matter the personal struggles that may be harbored in your heart right now, no matter what seeks to chain you down and to prevent you from being a worthwhile participant in the work of grace, God has supplied everything that you need to go forth victoriously, to add to these empty pews, to help the people that you work with, that you see it every day, the people who are struggling, the people who don't know that there's a better way, the people who are fallen in darkness. God has given you everything that you need to make a difference. And that can be summed up in three 
marvelous tools. You have within you the Holy Spirit of God that you are commanded to let shine. You have the Word of God. You are commanded to keep hidden in your hearts and to put on display in your lives. And you are given the people of God to help train up in the faith, to learn from, and to help carry one another's burdens. Three awesome tools, inexhaustible in their capability. The church is the place where we all belong because more than any other family, it is the place that Christ gave himself so that we may come together. You are his bride. You are the purchased, the called out, the equipped. It's not enough to say that we are just merely an organization when the truth of the matter is you are his family. And it's to this work that we are all committed. So, let us commit ourselves in this time together, not just for our own sake, but for the sake of this community, as has been your mission for many decades. Know Christ and what? Make Christ known. All God's people said. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for a people called Highland Baptist Church, for the giftedness that you have given to her, for the wisdom, for the generations of people that did such, such a wonderful work within these walls. Lord, we ask that you would continue to equip us and to guide us to win this community for you, to seek to develop a mindset outside of these walls so that we can reach our neighbors, so that we can reach this state and around the world. Lord, help to put us to this task, to making a difference so that souls may be added to your kingdom and names may be added to the Lamb's Book of Life. And again, as we now leave the service of the Word for our time of invitation, Lord, whatever the need is on any heart within anybody within the sound of my voice, whether it is a longing to find a new family in you, whether it is to find a place in your ministry, a place that they have been searching for, a place that they have been longing for, a place that you have been calling them to, or most importantly, if there are any that have yet to come to know you in a free pardon of sin, who have yet to experience your love and to be quickened by the power of your Spirit. Lord, what a, a marvelous day it would be to be the day of someone's salvation. For whatever the need is on any heart, bring them forward, trouble their heart, and let them find the rest and the peace that they so desperately need in you. So we lift our burdens and our hearts to you now. Examine us. And if there is anything that we can do, Put us to your service and help us to be the people that you have called us to be, wholly obedient to you. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us at High Lawn Baptist Church. We pray that you were blessed by today's message. At High Lawn, we believe that when you love God, you share his word. When you love others, you spread the gospel. We would love for you to join us next time, and if possible, to join us in person, to contact or learn more about us, to donate to our ongoing ministry, or most importantly, to learn about the salvation offered to you through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Visit us at highlawnbaptistchurch.org. Once again, thank you, and God bless you.